In November 2016, I was attending a school board meeting in Charlotte, North Carolina, when my thoughts ran to housing. I had traveled to Charlotte along with my colleagues, education planner Michael Alvis and civil rights lawyer John Britton, to answer any questions that the school board might have about a plan we had helped the district devise to improve student achievement. I had spent the previous 20 years writing about education and published numerous articles and books about how to capitalize on an important but underappreciated social science finding. One of the very best predictors of academic success is not the per pupil spending in a school district, but instead whether students have a chance to attend schools with an economically mixed group of classmates rather than schools where most of the classmates are poor. Charlotte, which is highly segregated by race and class, and which ranks at the bottom nationally on social mobility, was poised that evening to adopt a groundbreaking plan that would create a healthy mix of low, medium, and high-income students at a small subset of public schools that families choose to attend, those with magnet themes such as science and engineering or the visual arts. As the roll call of Charlotte board members provided unanimous support to create economically mixed schools, something I'd championed for decades, a big part of me was elated. But when Michael John and I went to celebrate after the vote, I couldn't help thinking about the vast majority of students in the Charlotte system who would still be assigned to segregated neighborhood schools. In the end, I increasingly recognized the education issues that I'd grappled with for years often were indelibly shaped by housing policy as well. In particular, educational opportunity too frequently was determined by the largely invisible zoning rules towns use to dictate which economic groups can live where. The idea that housing policy was driving school policy had been nagging at me for some time. Six years earlier, I edited a landmark study by Heather Schwartz of the Rand Corporation on housing and schooling. Schwartz studied two policies that Montgomery County, Maryland, a suburb of Washington D.C., implemented to improve the lives of low-income students. On the one hand, Montgomery County public schools spent $2,000 extra per pupil in low-income schools. On the other hand, Montgomery County's housing policy provided that builders must set aside a portion of new developments for affordable housing. Schwartz's study found that low-income students who lived in middle-class neighborhoods and attended middle-class schools under the inclusionary zoning housing policy benefited far more than low-income students attending schools with extra funding. What the housing authority did was more consequential for students than what the school board had done. The importance of housing policy to educational opportunity was not the only lure that drew me to write a book about exclusionary zoning. For me, the other compelling thread, which dates back to my college days in the 1980s, has been my growing recognition that liberalism, the political ideology I was raised in and still am most generally attracted to, has a serious elitism problem that needs correcting. 